0: Welcome to episode five of the Brinkman podcast, the show where we talk about the Brinkman adventures and uh, we talk talk to some of the missionaries uh, behind the stories or the ones that uh, actually lived the stories that we are uh, sharing with the Brinkman adventures. I'm Eric Schilder and with me, as always so far, is, is Sarah Boltman.
1: I'm here. It's Hi, good Sarah. good to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Were you doing some traveling?
1: Oh, recently? you know, always traveling. Yeah, I was in Kansas City. Amazing. Visiting yeah. a mission organization, which was awesome.
0: Right. She has to stay on the run, yeah, so I'm that's very important. <laughs> and uh, we're pleased as well to have Ian Boltman here with us. Pleased to be here. Ian is the founder and creative mind behind the Brinkman Adventures. The, uh, of course, the Brinkman family is kind of modeled after his family. And uh, you'll also hear him occasionally in episodes. He, he's like the one-word wonder. Uh, in crowds and, you know, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think he also played an Alaskan fisherman. I did the Alaskan fisherman, yes. It was me. That was was him. So you'll hear him occasionally, uh, but we are happy to have him here as well. So on this episode, we're going to talk a little about uh, season six, which is is going to be coming mm-hmm. out, this, these these episodes actually are going to be coming out.
1: Super excited!
0: When are they coming out, Sarah?
1: Uh, you know, it's going to be before Christmas, just in time for Christmas. So, you know, just keep keep people posted.
0: December 11.
1: Okay, we have a date. There we go. I, I didn't even know that. All
0: right, and if it and if Ian doesn't make that date, uh, there will be consequences. <laughs> I'm assuming I will that, buy you all coffee. I will <laughs> Fantastic. Every single person. So. Um, but season six, and this is one of the stories. It's actually a two-part episode um, entitled "Free Burma Rangers," mm-hmm. and it takes place in the country of Burma, also called Myanmar. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna check on that a little bit later. <laughs> we have an expert, so uh, we have an expert, so we're gonna find out exactly uh, how we refer to that country. And uh, so it's Free Bur- Burma Rangers. We're gonna be talking about part one. And uh, the Free Burma Rangers is the story of Dave Eubanks. It's a fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, fascinating story, and this one is very yeah. uh, intense and exciting <laughs> and all and all that. So, in fact, uh, Engineer Josh, uh, why don't you uh, roll a clip?
2: Okay, we're over the drop site.
0: You're, you're
2: welcome to the wires. You it good. Standing by. We're good to go. Five seconds. Ready. Green light. All
0: right, let's roll. You're listening to The Brinkman Adventures in part one
2: of Free Burma Rangers. Dave Eubank is about to parachute from the back of a Lockheed C-130 Hercules. Who is Dave Eubank, and why is he jumping out of a
0: perfectly good airplane? Those are both excellent questions. To answer, let's begin 12 years earlier.
1: Is it, girl Chakoy, Come back. Come back.
0: Thanks Josh. Uh, so that was a clip from the Free Burma Rangers episode 1 and as it was mentioned in there, it features uh, a missionary. Uh, named Dave Eubanks, and we are very exciting. Is it Eubank or Eubanks? Eubank. Eubank, singular. Uh, <laughs> Eubank. And uh, Dave, I'm going to apologize uh, right ahead of time if I call you Bob uh, Eubank. Remember, there was the old <laughs> game show uh, thing, and if that slips out, I, I really apologize. But with us uh, joining us um, via the phone is Dave Eubank. Uh, happy to have you here, Dave.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
0: Well, we, we're really excited. I I think the episode is fascinating. We 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 worked on it uh, together, and uh, it concerns you and the Free Burma Rangers, and uh, they are an elite. um, What would you say, genetically modified gospel uh, super soldier? No, you're going to have to explain it, Dave. And uh, that's what we'd like to do. How can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Free Burma Rangers?
2: Yes, the Free Burma Rangers, starting in Burma in 1997 that wanted to give immediate help, hope, and love to people under attack. And we grew into now 70 full-time teams of five people each, and we carried the Burma on foot to help the ethnic minority groups that the Burma Army is attacking, and we help by giving immediate medical care, clothing, tell their stories, try to bear witness to other governments around the world about what's happening. And also to share the gospel of Jesus, that he can save the lost and stand with the oppressed and help all of us. This is what the Free Burma Rangers started doing uh, almost, well, about 20 years ago now. Oh. In the last three years, Iraq and Syria, Kurdistan, and before that, Sudan. But our main efforts in Burma.
0: Is it Burma or is it Myanmar? We're going to ask.
2: Well, it's both right now. And it's still officially called Burma by the United States and other governments. People in Burma will still call it Burma. Hmm. So it's really kind of both right now. It's in a transition, but you could say Myanmar you could say Burma. Okay. So Myanmar
0: or Burma, I think we'll just refer to it as Burma. And even your organization is called the Free Burma Rangers, but you're certainly not limited to Burma. Uh, I understand actually right before we, we called you, we were watching a video that's, that's got our, our, our wheels turning. So um, mm-hmm. we're, we're very excited to hear from you and to talk about this first episode.
1: Yeah, super excited. So the first episode Dave starts at the very beginning when you were a boy and kind of how what your dream was and how you wanted to be a soldier, how you you worked for that, how you were, you know, a fighter when you were a kid and and then how you went into the the Army Rangers. So I wonder would you be able to talk with us a little bit about um I mean, there's so much there, so many questions that we could ask you. But um, just off, right off the bat, did your dog really get attacked by a tiger? My
2: dog got attacked by a mad dog.
1: Okay. T- okay. So tell us about that, because in the episode, it's, it's a tiger.
2: Yeah. No, but my dad said whenever we would hunt as a kid, we were always tiger hunting. So when you came back, it sounds better than that you were tiger hunting. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. There are tigers in Thailand, although uh-huh. not many. And... When I grew up, there were some, but it did not get our dog. Okay. We actually raised the baby up at one point. Oh, wow. A dog. I, I had a German Shepherd when I was about five years old, and there was many rabid dogs in those days. And A rabid dog came up to attack me, and I, I jumped up on a swing set, and my dog nailed that other dog and killed it, but got bit in the process. and and We just prayed for and watched the dog, but he eventually developed rabies himself.
1: Oh, that's, that's too bad. So, so really, there, what your dog did protect you when you were a boy.
2: Yeah, I think he saved my life. Wow,
1: that is amazing. It's, it's, it's just interesting, you know, how our lives go. <laughs> I just think about, you know, that dog you had, and if, if you had died, I just think about all the people who wouldn't wouldn't be alive today. I mean, that's an amazing thought. Um, but tell us about going into the Green Berets. That's, that's, a, that's a fascinating story. What made you want to do that?
2: You know, when I was a little boy, five years old, also, I remember looking up at the sky and back behind our house thinking, one day I'll be a soldier, one day I'll be a missionary. Mm-hmm. So, my focus all the way through school, I read about all the books and you know, worked out all the time to be a soldier and be in the Rangers and Special Forces. And so, I graduated from University of Texas and was commissioned as an officer, tried out first, for Rangers, and I was uh, in the Second Range Battalion for three years. And then I Tried out for Special Forces and was in that for about three and a half, four years. Hmm. I liked it. My very first day in Special Forces, I went over. They said, hey, sir, starting a 10-mile race right now. It was about six in the morning. Great. I was a runner. So I ran it and won it. Hmm. They said, and we're going to do a water jump. And this was in April in Washington State. So we put on wetsuits get in the back of the airplane it goes up it's a perfect day see Mount Rainier on one side you can see the Olympic Mountains all glistening white with snow and we jumped into the water got picked up by little you know rubber boats went ashore. went back to the post and that was a Friday so they called the day after that I thought this is pretty cool man you get to run a race in the morning do a water jump on a perfect day looking at everything rare You almost never get to do that mostly you're you're freezing somewhere, watching something for days.
0: Oh, waiting, waiting, right?
2: Running for three days as hard as you can with all your gear and then waiting for five.
0: <laughs> who's who's crazier, a, a a soldier or a missionary? Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think there's a lot of similarity when I think, you know, I want to be a soldier and I want to be a missionary. I, th- I think there's really a lot in common between those two vocations. Uh, so I think it's interesting that that you combine
2: them. Well, I, you know, when you said that, I thought of what Paul said about training yourself, and I, I think the commonality is one, you're serving something bigger than you, serving God. Second, you're denying yourself pleasures and even rights so that you can work as a team with others mm-hmm. to accomplish the mission. Third is you've got to practice. You you don't just show up because let's say you're in the American Army. Well, I'm in the American Army. They're the most powerful force. I'll just show up. No effort, no fitness, you'll probably fail, or your buddies will have to pick up the slack. Field. When you go, I mean, you can't just show up and say, Well, I'm God to give to everybody. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to learn the language? Mm-hmm. And then I think the other part of a soldier, the soldier is a servant, finally. First of all, servants is nation. And I think a missionary is the same. A soldier requires toughness. You cannot accomplish much if you can't endure. In mission work, endurance may be physical, but But whether it's physical or not, it will certainly be spiritual and relational. Or you will be misunderstood, attacked, make mistakes. People will attack you for no reason. Mm -hmm. Relationships will fail. And you have to have endurance, knowing that your main job here isn't serving people. It's serving Jesus. That's
1: so good.
2: And he tells you what to do. And then he'll give you love for those people. So even when they disappoint you, they're not your God. Jesus is. And And a soldier has to focus on why he's there.
1: That's so good. In this episode, Dave, you're in the Army, you're in the Special Forces, sorry, and um, you're, you're feeling, at least what we, what we hear, is you're feeling you're not satisfied, and there, you feel there's something more. And can you talk to us about that? During that time in your life, what were you missing? What were you feeling? Why did you want something more?
2: Well, I think that the biggest thing deep down that I wanted more was to make sure I answered to God and that I was using this one precious life that each of us have um, value and purpose. And you can serve God in the military or somewhere else. I had a, two choices, stay in the army, put God first, and God would bless me, or get out of the army and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. It was like a wide open door. And I thought, okay, I, I'd rather try that veil than not try. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that begs the question then, how, how did you end up in, in Burma?
2: When I was out of the army and in, in seminary, my first Year in seminary, a tribe from Burma on foot walked a month to Thailand, which is next to Burma, and asked the U.S. government. It's called the Wa Tribe of Burma, W A Wa, Wa Tribe in northern Burma. They produce most of the opium and amphetamines in Burma. With that, narc- those narcotics, they buy weapons, hold off the attacks of the Burma army, because the Burma army attacked almost every major ethnic group in Burma. Came out of the jungle to meet the U.S. government and say, We will stop all narcotics production. But only if you give us a crop substitute hmm. for opium and for weapons or something, because the Burma Army, the moment we stop getting more weapons, they'll attack and kill us like they've done everybody else.
1: What you said, Dave, I'm just repeating it because you cut out a little bit. We'll stop with opium if you give us another crop, right? And if you give us weapons. Is that what you said?
2: Yep. Okay. Exactly. And the U.S. government and the U.N. declined to help leaders went to missionaries. And my parents have now been there 57 years. Wow. People know them. And they went to my parents' house and asked for help because the WA are 98% animist, strippers and headhunters until the late 70s, early 80s. And the leader of the delegation was one of the few who was a Christian. And he said, we need the gospel and we need a warrior because we we're a warrior people. There's a picture one of me in a green beret, which means special forces. And he said, send that guy. And I got a phone call from my dad, and I was in Washington. He was in Thailand, and he said, I got the delegation from the Wa tribe of Burma in my house. They want you to come. It feels like the Holy Spirit. Please pray about it. Hmm. Asked my wife, Karen, who was not my wife then. She just said no when I got this phone call. <laughs> I prayed like then, and I said, yes, I'll go, thinking you know, I'd be going alone. Make a long story short, a week after that, Karen and I were engaged and went to Thailand and then into Burma. That was 1993, to the Wa. That's how we got involved.
0: And uh, how are the Wa now? I'm assuming that they were kind of a little bit behind the times, and in, probably if that's what they're growing, I imagine they were still farming by hand.
2: Well, most of them are, but and they still produce a lot of narcotics, and they do a lot of business cross-border with China. Mm-hmm. The Wa had the biggest army of the among the ethnics in Burma. They have 20,000 troops. The army still has over 350,000. So the Wa are the biggest, and they're the most powerful and uneasy Peace-fired, uneasy truce with the Burma army right now.
0: Does each ethnic group kind of have its own army, and how many ethnic groups are
2: there? There's over 135 distinct ethnic groups in Burma. About 20 have militias, and varying in size from 300 men to all the way up to 20,000. So the average would be about 5,000.
1: Can you explain for people like me, who I'm not familiar with the history of it, what is actually going on? Um, Why are they all fighting?
2: The first people into Burma were ethnic minority people from China coming in from what's now northern India, coming across from Cambodia. The Burmans came in larger numbers, were more aggressive and more organized, and they took the Central Valleys. And in World War II, the Burmans joined the Japanese and when the war was over, of course Japan lost and the and the Allies had promised the ethnic groups some kind of sovereignty or mm-hmm. autonomy for their services in World War mm-hmm. Two. England divested itself of Burma, and Burma became independent, and right away the Burma government turned against the U.S. and said, you guys supported the wrong side, oh. you're going to pay, you belong to us now. And in 1949, a civil war started, which is continuing to this day, it's the longest running civil war in the world. It has not stopped yet.
0: Wow. In a sense, World War II is continuing in Burma.
1: Yeah, since 1949, non-South fighting so that, that's crazy. So basically, what you're saying is one side, one sided with Japan, the other sided with the Allies. And yeah, they just both think they should be in charge.
0: It's all very confusing. The
2: <laughs> government signed with Japanese, but, and Japanese lost. Mm-hmm. But the British came back and retook Burma and then gave it independence. And when they gave it independence, the Burma, the Burma majority took power, they attacked the ethnic. Okay. Was, right. January 1949.
0: And so your role with the Free Burma Rangers is to help the ethnic people?
2: Yes. Well, you know, our role is to be an ambassador for Jesus, share his love everywhere we can, mm-hmm. and to help anyone who's oppressed. Okay. It just turns out under attack. But if Burman majority people were under attack somehow, we could help them, we could help them too. Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, the the first episode that we're covering, part one, is predominantly kind of how how the story gets started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I... Have you heard the episode yet? I mean, I don't think it's even out, is it?
1: Not quite yet. It's
0: not quite yet. Nobody's heard it but me. No one's heard it. (laughs) But Ian, and he's kind of steepling his hands maybe here. And Josh. And Josh, of course, uh, Engineer Josh. We look forward
2: Uh, to it. It makes me so grateful that people are interested in prayer. Um, I feel really honored and glad because I believe that Jesus will come through it in spite of our weaknesses and failures and people will be able to... What God does with anyone who raises their hand to say, "I'll follow you," and so I'm grateful. I think I'm been grateful and humbled by it, and I'm surprised, but I'm glad.
0: And I think we're we're also the ones that are really grateful because, uh, one, it's it's a fantastic glory to God, mm-hmm. and I think you know to that we're thankful for you for for letting God shine on through. Mm-hmm. Secondly, your stories are awesome, and the way that you tell them. Are also extremely engaging, and so we are. It, it is a privilege for us to be able to totally. you know, retell the stories with maybe a little bit more uh, sound and, and fury, and, and a tiger and a tiger. Yeah, we <laughs> we change a few little things. Um, yeah, you know, you have actually. Um, I think you have a prosthetic leg uh, oh, that that allows you to jump over trees.
2: As long as I can dunk. Yeah,
0: as long as you can dunk. And uh, so where are you now? We're calling you, and you are in?
2: I'm in Alaska.
0: You're in Alaska, and you're doing a missionary conference there?
2: We just finished a mission conference here in Alaska, and it was great. There's missionaries from all over the world that came. There were local church people that came, have encouraged each other. It was good. Everybody got prayer help, financial help, relational help. It was a big, well-done program.
0: That's a great missions conference. I had the privilege of being there a couple of years ago. And it's my brother-in-law's church and sister, Kittree and Jonathan Walker. And, boy, they know how to put on a mission conference.
2: Yeah, it's that, awesome. That
1: church
0: supports people all over the world. And I was so encouraged and brought back some ideas for our, our own church. So thrilled that you're able to be there, Dave.
2: Yeah, well, we love Jonathan and Kitri. They're, they're special. Team mm-hmm. is amazing.
1: They are,
0: and we oh,
2: love.
0: And Dave, um, you know, as we wrap up here, where can people find more information about uh, the Free Burma Rangers? About you? Uh, how to support you? More importantly, how to pray for you? Um, you know, you can, of, of course, you know, send out any prayer requests uh, right here, right now, if you want.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, you can get on our website at. Burma and you can sign up for newsletters or get more information and, or email us. Right now, I've, I've got a, I've got a very personal one, and mm. that is you, you know, in Mosul, I got wounded four times. I got shot in my arm. I got grenade fragments in me. But those are all healed. Mm. Right arm, I got bit by a little sand flea, and I have parasites called leishmaniasis in my arm right now. Mm. They're microscopic. And they don't. There's no magic bullet or magic formula to kill them. You try this drug, you try that drug. I had it cut out twice already, and it came back. Hmm. So that's a prayer request that they would be killed on this latest round of antibiotics that I'm on. Mm-hmm. Second request is we're trying to get back into Iraq because we want to follow up on the work that we started there, but I died up the start. Mm-hmm. Find all the different people that were shot that that were, were alive when we helped them and, and track from them and, and keep helping the. But it's very difficult to get in now to Iraq. Before we could fly straight into Kurdistan, we need favor with the Iraqi government to get a visa from them, which is not easy. But you know, to make it short. I'd say healing for my arm, ISIS uh, a way into Iraq and Kurdistan, and then prayer requests for our team in Burma, in Iraq, and Syria. In Sudan.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Dave. Uh, I'm just going to repeat that since you're breaking up a little bit. So for some prayer requests, uh, really healing for for Dave's arm, uh, for the flea bite that's caused the parasite, and also to uh, find a way back into Iraq, a favor with the Iraqi government, and that all things would come together under the sovereign will of our Lord to uh, allow Dave to come back. And also, uh, again, it may not have come through where you can find more information on Dave is uh, www.freeburmarangers.org. As we wrap this up, we're going to have you back again another time, Dave. Uh, So from myself and the rest of the crew here, we bid you God bless and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Dave.
2: Thank you. God bless you all. We love you and are grateful. And remember, wherever Jesus sends you, he goes with you.